Let's get into the Word of God. Turn with me to Hebrews 10, 19 to 22. Hebrews 10, 19 to 22. We're still in the theme of pursuits. Everybody say pursuits. Pursuit. Hebrews 10. Uh, I love it. God really highlighted this scripture this last week uh, to bring to you guys to unpack and to see um, God really transform us with the Word of God. Uh, challenges, once again, upon us. Uh, don't be just um, hearers of the word, be doers of the word. Be in the word. Let, this, let's, let, the, let the greatest weapon that God has given us, let the author himself, Jesus Christ, let him be everything to you in your daily walk. This word is amazing. And Hebrews 10 reads this. It says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, opened up, for us through the curtain that is his body and since we have a great priest over the house of God verse 22 let us draw near to God everybody say draw near let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water for the next few moments I want to talk about drawing near to God drawing near to God. Lord, bless this moment in Jesus' name. Amen. Every single one of us could pinpoint certain moments in our lives where the Holy Spirit really wooed us to draw near, like a tugging, a prompting. Uh, when I was 17, I didn't quite understand his voice. I, didn't, I wasn't mature enough. I didn't uh, have the journey, the experience of, of, of this loving relationship with the Holy Spirit to, to walk with him. But one night I got home from work and, and he, uh, I just felt this tug, this prompting to go to the bookshelf that my mom always goes to. And I never really paid attention to this bookshelf up until this moment. And I went to the bookshelf and I saw these books and authors and I pinpointed one book and it was by the, the, the pastor, Yonggi Cho. He, at that moment of time, he was the pastor of the, the world's largest church. And uh, it was, the book was called The Fourth Dimension. It was talking about radical faith and the, 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 the different realms of heaven and, and all this different stuff. And it was just insane. And I remember the Holy Spirit says, I want you to prepare a, a place for you to pursue me. So I went downstairs, took the, this book and, and my Bible, and I placed the Bible on the table. I've got a glass of water, and I put the book on the table and with a pen and a highlighter, and I, and I left the table and left my little place, left the, left the light on downstairs in the basement, went to my room, went to sleep, and I was not a morning person. Raise your hand if you're a morning person. God bless you. God bless you. Uh, I was not a morning person at that time. And I just said, Holy Spirit, if you want me to wake up, you're going to wake me up. You're going to do it. You're going to get me out of bed. I need you to help me pursue you. And so literally the next morning wakes up 5.30 a.m. Without a shadow of a doubt, I open my eyes, I get up, and I go seek God. The next day, three months go by where every morning at 5.30, God is waking me up. I'm going into an intentional place of drawing near to God. You see, being near or close to someone is not just a great thought. It's a decisive decision. It's a, it's a decision to be deliberate, intentional about pursuing that something or someone. Facebook comes on the scene. Anybody remember MySpace? <laughs> Raise your hand if you're actually on MySpace. Some of the the, plow, the plowers, the, the pioneers. But uh, 
You have Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and, and all these things have presented an opportunity for us to draw near to the, the window front of people's lives. That, that we, we, we now are, are, are tempted to put our focus and our attention uh, in, this, in this realm called social media. And who knows what metaverse has uh, to bring humanity. But uh, just for social media sta uh, statistics say that right now adults spend two and a half plus hours on social media every single day. In 2020, adults spent eight to 10 hours streaming movies every single day. Fast forward to now, adults spend four to five plus hours every single day giving their attention, their focus. They are pursuing, they're drawing near to something. You see, everybody is seeking something or someone. Right now in your world, you are seeking something or someone. And in Hebrews, the author, Paul is trying to urge us that you must draw near to God. That in this hour, you must draw near to God. You see, we look in the Old Testament, we see David uh, cultivating a, a, a lifestyle of drawing near to God where he came up with the, with the, the profound, uh, revelatory uh, moment of decisiveness of going, this one thing, this one thing that I desire above all else, above the kingdom, above all that it brings, this one thing. Moses was sitting down having a conversation with, with God and all of a sudden God goes, here's the promised land. This is what I wanna do for you. This is what I wanna give to you. And Moses says, no, 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 no. I don't want anything if I can't have your presence. There was a decisiveness. There was a, a, a sense of a, a now zeal. God wants to give you a now zeal, a zeal that will propel you into a pursuit that will be so attractive and so contagious that will be so propelling to, to, to your love relationship with Jesus, the, the decision that, you, that you've been wanting to make your entire life. Now is the moment. And Jesus said to us with the, the great command of love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. I want you to be fervent. I want you to be passionate. I want you to not just be passionate with words, uh, but I want you to be passionate with obedience, to, to follow hard after me. Romans 12, 11. Paul says these words, he says, never flag in zeal. Never flag in zeal. So in other words, don't let your zeal die, but be a glow in the spirits. Serve the Lord. So in other words, you can come to a boiling point in the spirits. You can come to a boiling point where you, you tap into this unquenchable, this desperate desire to behold the glory of God where creation wants to behold the creator, where, where his sons and daughters want to be just embraced in the arms of their heavenly father. Until eternity, this, 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 this unquenchable desire will not leave you and I. And the Holy Spirit's just waiting at, at the door of your bedroom. He's just waiting at the, at the door of your office. He's just waiting and he's, he's just lingering and he's just hoping that you would take a moment to draw near to God. You see, everybody say draw near. The real tipping point, we, 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 we think this, the real tipping point revival it's not great preaching. It's not great worship. It's not even great program structures, paints, uh, LEDs. The, the great tipping point revival is when there is a combined hunger, a unified hunger that our lives look like Jesus, that we act like Jesus, we talk like Jesus, and we walk like Jesus. And the desire of our heart is to draw near to God until that 
until that is established every single moment of our day. See, the author of Hebrews is, is really trying to make a point seven times. Seven times in the book of Hebrews, he's telling us, Hebrews 4.16, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and may find grace to help us in time of need. Hey, Hebrews 7.25, he is able to save forever those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Hebrews 11.6, without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he who draws near to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. So he's trying to give us the confidence and the assurance that as you draw near, he will reward you. He will not uh, let his promises be laid dormant, but he will reward you. And he wants you to see that you can have fellowship with him, that he is not just a distant God, but he's a present reality, that he's not untouchable, that he's touchable, that, that you don't just have to wonder if, that if, if God is in the room, but that you can know with full assurance that Jesus is with you. This, this sense of it's not a physical act. A lot of people think it's a physical act that I need to build the Tower of Babel in my life and it's through my achievements that I'll uh, one day tap into touching Jesus. But the reality is it's, it's actually, it's, a, it's an invisible act of the heart. And I've heard this time and time again in conversations and discipleship. It's like, it's like when I'm in the mountains, that's when I feel Jesus the most. Or when I'm, I'm standing on the beaches, uh, you know, in Mexico or in, in Australia or whatever it is, I mean, that's when I feel Jesus the most. They don't even realize that their hearts now tapping into a partnership with their eyes, they're now seeing the majesty of his creation and their heart is leaping with attention to draw near to God. Draw near to God. You can draw near to God in stillness. You can draw near to God uh, uh, on the hospital bed. You can even draw near to God even as I am speaking to you right now. Will you draw near to God? Will you draw near to the one that is calling us? And I love it. The very centrality of the gospel. It doesn't sound very familiar that to draw near to God in the sense that he did everything. God did everything to make Christ available, to come to us, to make a way, to build a bridge, to build an access point through his body, through his the blood that was shed so that you and I would not be consumed with our sin. He knew humanity needed us, that we needed him. This is the central point of the gospel. First Peter 3, 18 says, for Christ also died for sins once and for all, the just for the unjust, in order that he might bring us to God. Jesus wanted to bring you. That was one of his main, uh, main goals in, in going to the cross is that he meant, I want to bring you back to the Father. I want to bring you back. Would you, would you draw near this astonishing and costly uh, uh, imagery of drawing near to God, this beautiful thing that, that meant, just let me tell you, God doesn't need us. He's not impoverished if you're not seeking him every day. He's not freaking out and losing joy if you're not seeking him every day because he finds joy in the Trinity. But he wants you. He needs you. He wants fellowship with you. He desires specifically you in this moment. You see, God is moving his bride. If you haven't felt it in the last, church, last two years, there's a shift. 
There's a, a refocusing. There's hearts aligning with the Holy Spirit. There's a, a sense of drawing near to the real Jesus, drawing near to the reality of his presence, drawing near to the supernatural, drawing near to seeing, seeing a, a true outbreak of heaven on earth out in the lobby in Colorado as it is in heaven. But it comes with you and I saying, God, how do, how do, how do we draw near? How do I specifically? And you know what? Whether you're just a baby Christian, whether you've come from maybe a more conservative church or a background or, or theology or whether, you've, whether you just found yourself here for the first, first time just through invitation, guess what? Jesus has drawn you. He's drawing you and he's, and he's saying, would you draw near to me? So how do we do this? Number one is this, write this down. Destroy the lie that he's not interested in you. Destroy the lie that he is not interested in you. It's the, 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 one of the devil's plans is he loves to make believers feel like they're unworthy. Unworthy of his love, unworthy of the gifts of the spirit, unworthy for a high calling, unworthy to tap into an influence that may be globally and international, uh, unworthy to own a house and, and own two cars, that he loves to make us feel unworthy. But we have to come to the very fact of destroying those lies in our life that he is not interested in you. He is so zealous. James 4, 5 says this. He says, God, he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us. So he yearns jealously for you. Let me, let me break this down. Yearns, out of Web, Webster's Dictionary, says it means to long for persistently. He's yearning for you. It means it's that it, just because you, you've, you tried Christianity for three weeks, you tried to walk with Jesus for three weeks, and then you backslid, it doesn't mean that he stopped yearning for you persistently. And jealously, the Webster Dictionary said to, it's, uh, it's an intolerance of rivalry. It's an intolerance of rivalry. He's so jealous for you that he's intolerant of any other lovers in your life. What do I mean by that? Any other idols that try to take the throne of your hearts. The idol of, 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 of the riches of this world. The idols of cares of this life. The idol of, of, of maybe, maybe you've, you've devoted yourself more to social media than you have to the word. That God is intolerant of anything that rivals against you because he yearns for your love. He yearns for your attention. He wants your affection. There's a story of a king and he just married a, the most beautiful woman in the land. And he brings her into the palace and uh, he, he empowers her and she has a heart for the women of the palace. So she goes hard at work to minister to the women in the palace. And he's there and he, he puts on a feast and invites other kings of the land. And, and he's there and he, and he sends a messenger to go get his wife and, and come, come, I want you to sit next to me as my bride. Sit next to me because I want, I want, to, I want, to, I want to show you off to all the, the kings of the land and I want you to feast with us. So the messenger goes and gets the lady the, 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 the queen, but she, she, this is her statement. She goes, no, I'm not gonna dine with the king. I'm busy ministering to the woman. So she allowed ministry to become an idol rather than be in the presence of the king. And so many of us with busyness and things, different things in our life and the Holy Spirit wants to, to he's, he's saying, please, please stop ignoring me. 
Please stop ignoring me. It, it hurts my heart when, when I'm prompting you to come, when I'm wooing you to pray, when I'm, when I'm, when I'm asking you to, to devote the next six months into the Word of God at, at, a, at a really high level. It hurts my heart when you're constantly uh, putting me aside and, and, and binge-watching this and, and pressing into this and trying to occupy every uh, space of boredom in your life. When If you would just sit and rest... Which if you just align your heart to, to draw near to God. Everybody say draw near. Draw near to God. Number two is this. If I could have Eric out, that'd be awesome. With um, Pastor Landon and Katie. If we're to draw near to God, it's up to us to, to develop our appetite. Up to us to not just develop a personal appetite, but to develop a corporate appetite. You need to understand, we're not here to build a, uh, a, a short-term, momentary move of the Spirit. My wife and I didn't lay down everything in Brisbane, Australia. We didn't lay down our music ministry uh, to, to just come and do a, a, a short-term, uh, small little uh, poof of a move of the Spirit. We came to build a long-term re reformation that brings revival to generations. Revival to our littles that are in the, in the room to your left, to your right, to bring in 20 years' time what they, that they're raised up in the power as an army of, of the Holy Spirit, taking ground for what God wants to do. But we have to, to be intentional. It's about developing. Everybody say develop. That means we have to intensify our walk with Jesus. That means we have to increase our devotion. Increase our devotion. And the, the, like you... During worship, we encourage you, the wor whoever's uh, leading worship, the, the pastors who are transitioning, uh, myself, uh, we're, we're encouraging you to lift your hands. We're encouraging you to come down to the front, not just so that the altar can be filled, but you got to look through the lens of the spiritual realm. You got to look that, that we have leaders up here that are combating for those that are walking through these doors that are addicted, that are broken, that are isolated, that are tormented, and that we're combating and contending for God to move in. We're drawing near so that freedom can have its way. When we, when we say, lift your hands in worship, uh, the, the, your intellect and, your, and the flesh says, no, I'm not going to lift my hands in worship. But when you see in the spirit, the power and the battle that you do when you lift your hands in worship, this is how I fight my battles. That I'm not going to bow to uncertainty and bow to deception and bow to brokenness and bow to whatever Biden says or bow to whatever hopelessness says. But I'm going to lift my hand to the true king of kings. And I'm going to develop an appetite. David says, as, as the deer pants for flowing streams, so my soul pants for you. Is your soul thirsty? What are you partaking of? What are you, what are you, what are you, what are you feasting on? What, what, is your, what is your spiritual appetite? Let me just tell you this thing. If you come to church and partake of a spiritual meal just on Sundays, you are going to find yourself in a place of spiritual starvation. And there's a difference between physical starvation and spiritual starvation. Physical starvation, we just finished a fast today. Physical starvation says, you know what? Your, your body will start to scream at you. If you're getting off caffeine, your body will scream at you. If you're getting off sugar, your body will scream at you. But spiritual starvation, your spirit will never scream. 
Your spirit will never scream. It's up to you to develop your hunger. Developing hunger brings in the dial of perception. It brings a focus of, of, of a supernatural clarity that you could never ask, dream, uh, or imagine when you allow the hunger of God. And the hunger of God comes when we decide to start to feast upon not just the words in this book, but the author of this word. When we start to partake of, of stepping into discipleship, that we gotta understand that a believer, a believer, a believer loves the word of God, but a disciple loves the Lord. You gotta see the difference. There's a difference between reading and feeding. There's a difference between reading and feeding. Jesus said the words, abide in me. That means you feast upon this word. I'm telling you, you will not be victorious as a Christian if you're not in this word. You wanna step into victory, you wanna step into breakthrough, you wanna step into freedom, that you, you must carve every uh, part of your week in value of, 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 of allowing the word of God to challenge, to change, transform you. You see, Pharisees loved the word of God. But weren't Pharisees the same one that nailed the author to the cross? You see, there's a difference, and we have to choose. Are we going to develop, develop our appetite? And number three is this. Oh, before I go into number three. You see, the command to draw near is like this. It's like he's taken the commands, and he's put it in the furnace of your heart, and he wants to pack coals of truth in Hebrews 10 around this command to, to allow you to see the absolute necessity and the freedom of drawing near to God. So Hebrews 10, 19 starts with the word therefore. A lot of us would just move on. Therefore, okay, what's the next? He's saying therefore, basically look back at a few of the past passages. Look back at what I just said. Let me break this down for you and reveal to you how incredible this therefore is. He says, Look back, look back to verse 14, Hebrews 10, 14. It says, for by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. So in other words, by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. So therefore, draw near to God. Verse 17, Hebrews 10, 17. He's, he's, the author is re-delivering the covenant promise of the prophet Jeremiah and Jeremiah 31. And he's saying this. He says, their sins and their lawless acts I will remember no more. So in other words, I know that you felt really bad when you crashed and sinned this last week. I know that you, you've done certain things in your life, but my covenant promise to you, my covenant promise to you that I will never take the trash of your past and throw it in your face. I will forever delete it, forget it, extinguish it, vanquish it. I will remember it no more. Your lawless acts and your lawless deeds forever will not be before me. So guess what? Therefore, draw near to God. He's unpacking something. He's putting these coals of truth around the reality of what God is doing. And so, much, so many of us don't want to pursue God is because we, we think we got to take our past with us. He's like, why are, you why are you bringing that worry talk into my conversation? Why are you bringing what happened three months ago into my conversation? I have no clue what you're talking about. I, I have no clue. I, I have a covenant promise. I cannot, therefore draw near to God 
Brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. By a new and living way opened us through the curtain that is his body. And then he goes on to use the word since twice. Since. And since we have a great priest. So he's packing it a little bit more. And since we have a great priest, Jesus, who is now over the house of God, who is now established at the right hand of God, who is now in a place of intercessory prayer. Man, get, I wonder if the greatest, the greatest position, the greatest call is intercession. If Jesus is interceding for us on the earth, I wonder if that is one of our greatest callings in life, to be intercessors on this earth. And he's saying, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, and since, I lost my place. The whole place of the blood of Jesus by a new and living way opened up through the curtain that is his body. Let's go to the front. And since we have a great priest, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance that faith brings. A sincere heart full assurance that faith brings and then he just doesn't stop there he doesn't he, he doesn't linger at that one point because he doesn't want you just to, to not get what he's trying to say to you he's using a therefore he's using a sense another sense and now he's come to place he's i want you to come in full assurance and confidence and he goes having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water your conscience right now in the presence of god is washed clean. Therefore, draw near to God. God is saying to his, his bride, he wants a unified hunger, a combined thirst, a zeal, a zeal that is now a passionate for the heart of God. But it has to be when someone in the back right corner and back left corner comes to the decision that it's not tomorrow, it's not in two months, it's today. I decide to draw near to God. Today, I decide to draw near to God. Just while you're sitting, just close your eyes. I want Pastor Katie to, to sing over us. And just in this moment, I want you to begin to draw near to God. Just take a few minutes, not long. Just let Him draw near to you. Let the words spoken wash over you water of the word wash over your conscience sprinkle blood of Jesus cleansing you from any shame any doubts any past discouragement or disappointment
intensification taking place, an increase of devotion. gasoline upon the word of God and let it become the all-consuming fire to us. The words begin to shape us and transform us that the author, Jesus, you, yourself begin to become our everything writing your word on the tablets of our hearts. Demolish the lies of the enemy, God, that you're not, we're not worthy, that you're not interested in us. That we are be your beloved, that we are valuable that we are treasured, that we are forgiven, we're not forgotten, that your mercy and your goodness and your patience is, is just drawing us closer and closer and closer. Every eye closed in this place. God is drawing you closer to him through an invitation. It's the very heartbeat of the gospel. It's the very centrality of the Word of God. God sent His one and only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to become man, to become flesh, so that He could embark upon a three and a half year journey to eventually end up at the cross, breathing His last breath. Not in vain, but with a purpose rebuild the bridge, an access point to shed his blood, to let his body be broken on the cross with three nails, whippings, lashings, the crown of thorns shoved into his skull. Why? To restore humanity, those that are walking in the dark, those that are lost, those that are hurting, those that are addicted, those that are in pain, those, those that, that are spiritually dry, those that are in need of not one of the many gods of this world, but those that are in need of the one true God. His name is Jesus Christ. And he's knocking on the door of your hearts. And the Bible says if you come to a place, just like right now, you're drawing near. You're inviting him in. If you come to a place of maybe, maybe years ago you gave your heart to Jesus, but you've walked away and you're coming back to him today. Or maybe this is the first time that you ever asked Jesus in your life. Simple. It's a, it's a beautiful free gift that the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be 
saved. He loves you. He cherishes you. He yearns so jealously for you. Whenever I close, on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand in this place to acknowledge that you've made a decision saying, yes, Pastor, please pray with me today. I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Maybe online, let us know in the comment section if you're watching online. But on the count of three, we want to make sure everybody in this auditorium has had an opportunity to receive Jesus. Raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. If that's you in this place, just give me a wave. Let me know. Awesome decision over here. Awesome decision. Awesome decision. Awesome decision over here. Thank you, Jesus. So good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. I still feel like there's one more. Is that you? He loves you so much. So passionate about you. The cross speaks everything. Awesome. Every eye looking this way. Awesome. I think I've said the word awesome like a hundred times already. Awesome. If you made the decision, that's awesome. But if you maybe didn't raise your hand, but you wanted to in this moment, we're going to bow our heads and we're going to pray as a family. And you can pray. You can pray this prayer. Jesus sees you. He hears you. He knows what's going on in your heart and in your life. So let's do that together. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. We're going to say this prayer. Pray with faith. Pray with authenticity. You're not praying to man. You're praying to God himself. He's here in this room. So repeat these words. Say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. This is my moment to give you everything. Thank you for doing all that you did for me. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you. Three days later, you rose again. You defeated death. You defeated sin. You're now giving me the gift of eternal life. I believe in all of it. I I, I put my trust in you. And from this day forth, I acknowledge that I'm a child of the living God. I'm now adopted in your family. I'm now set free and saved. Jesus is my hope. Holy Spirit, baptize me in fire because I want to walk in the power that you give to every believer in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. Can we just give God an eruption of praise?